the vengeance of the Spirit. The first thing you say is, I love my wife as Christ loves the church. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. That word is going forth and creating an atmosphere. The word knows what to say to the woman. The same manner, there are words that have been given to us to activate the power of grace as women in a marriage. It's words. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's grace. It's grace. You activate the power of grace. There's no personal method. All the people are teaching those methods. Can't you see how the marriages they break down? And listen, don't let people who don't know the word of God write books for you to read. People write, no, I still read all of those books. Describing the character of women. Women are from Jupiter, while men are from dissolved planet, Pluto. I've read all of those things. I don't care where you are from. Whatever it is, I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loves the church. And wherever the woman is from, the Bible says clearly that she should be submissive to respect and honor her husband as unto the Lord. It's simple. Now, why did I go into all of that? Just trying to talk about when we judge ourselves. That's the purpose of everything. So, instead of sitting down and saying, okay, what did my husband say? What did my wife say? It is to sit down and say, how have I been conforming with the word of God? When I'm provoked to anger, my response is in accordance with what God says. You are getting my point. That's just what this is all about. All right? I didn't intend to spend so long on that, but we did. Let's continue. Now, we're supposed to be reading um, chapter 3 of the book of Revelations. Revelation chapter 3 is where we are, we are in our reading. Now, these are the words of the Lord Jesus to the church in Sardis. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. He said, so remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments. And they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. In verse 5 he says, he said, he who overcomes, please keep on looking at the word overcome. He said, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. And I will not erase his name from the book of life, which shows that names can be erased if necessary. If names couldn't be erased, the Lord would not have said this. If he overcomes, I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He said, he was an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That is, even if you are not in that church, just pay attention to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that's the reason why we are looking at these things now. And to the angel in the church of Philadelphia, right? He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because you have, because you have a little power and have kept my word. And have not denied my name. That is, I did, I opened a door for you because you had a little power and you maximized that power. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. 
I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. He said, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. He said in verse 11, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. It said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, if you look at our church in Sardis, there was something he said that he said, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Now, what that means, okay, what I can just say is this. You, you know, sometimes Christians, we get carried away, and these are corrections for all of us. We get carried away by externalities. What does it mean by you have a name that you are alive, and you are, but you are dead? If I tell you to mention the name of happening churches in Nigeria as an example, that's what Jesus meant when he said, you have a name that you are alive. That's what it means. A church that's always there, always in the news, always planning programs, always having one guest minister and another, having the best musicians in town, gathering large crowds. Now listen to me. Crowd does not mean the ministry is succeeding. I hope you're getting my point. A large turnover does, does not mean a business is doing well too. It's important we get this point. Sometimes, you know, we, we went through those phases, those days. You know, there was a time that church growth was the in thing in ministry. How to grow a church and make it very large. And like I said, we were talking about the marriage as an example of grace. We spoke as if we knew how to do it. That if you go to the, uh, South Korea, you learn from Yongicho the things to do to make a church big. And you now want to go to the island of Anguilla and make your church that big. So why, why the island of Anguilla? My friend is there currently. And he said that the island is not as big as Enugu. I don't need to tell you that population is probably like 50,000 people or less. You go there, collect the principles, and you want the number of people that you want the church in Anguilla to be 1 million people in number. It's not totally impossible. They can fly in from America, from uh, uh, Jamaica, from TNT, from St. Vincent, all those other islands that are maybe come to your church. I don't know. But what are you trying to do? That's the most important thing. We gave the impression that there is a method to use to do it. Yes, I, get, I mean, I, I used to go to ministry schools those days, and it was taught as if there is a method. I have grown up now to realize that there is no method. Because I've seen churches that grow, grow, grow like crazy. They don't have any of those things. You hear some pastors, you wonder that, why is anybody following this man? Yes. Let's not talk about the English. Quotes the scriptures upside down. He says the very things that don't draw a crowd. He doesn't call comedians. Are you getting my point? Doesn't do any exa- In fact, their music is without drum. Hymns being sung by women that don't wear earrings. Yet, anytime they gather, the road will block. Are you getting my point here? That's to let you know there is no method. In fact, John the Baptist taught us that thing directly. A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. 
Anytime people try to receive without waiting for it to be given from above, that's when they start take, putting their hands into things that are not right. No, that's how it works. That's how it works. It's usually when people don't want to receive, they don't want to wait for that which God has released. Now, so we're talking about when you say church has a name for being alive, but actually it is dead. Are you getting my point? It happens to businesses. Take a, a, a business like Enron. If you don't know much about Enron, you should go and read up about Enron. Enron was one of the most capitalized businesses in the United States in its time. Enron was big. The best place to work, it appeared like, was Enron. Their share price kept on climbing every year. In fact, every month keeps going up. They had a name that they were alive. Please go and read up on Aaron. They even came to Lagos that time when Balatinobu was governor. They had a, an arrangement. They wanted to put some badges offshore to generate power for Lagos. I don't know what came out of that. That was the first time I heard of Aaron. Lagos was looking for investment in power to be able to power. I know this power thing has been an issue for a very long time. And that's the first time I heard about Aaron. Aaron was big. If you had stock in Aaron, that is finally if you came in early, you were a millionaire in a few years. Aaron was massive. But you know the truth? They were dead. Their chief financial officer is still in prison till today. Yeah. An American would have put him in prison. They put him in prison for a very long time. When I read, this, this is my personal opinion. You can, I mean, they can disagree. I don't believe the man should be in jail. I believe the man is just a scapegoat. That's my opinion. Like I said, I may be wrong. Now, why am I talking about it? Aaron had the name. Aaron was, that is, if, if they asked you, young people, they are, maybe you're in Harvard, Harvard Business School and all of that, where do you want to work? The first choice for most people was Aaron. And they were being audited by Arthur Anderson. Do I need to tell you more about that? They were paying Arthur Anderson tens of millions of dollars every year as accounting fees. Those were essentially just rubber stamping whatever Aaron gave to them. When my wife and I will be talking sometimes, as I will tell her, I say, baby, that one is Aaron accounting. <laughs> what I mean by Aaron accounting? Aaron always used to make profits. Always. They always made profit. But it's how they, declare, how they calculated the profit that was the problem. They can declare the operating profit for this, for this year, $3.5 billion. What you don't know is that operating losses was $4.8 billion. Profit how much? 3.5. Losses, 4.8. He said, how come they couldn't do arithmetic? No, what they used to do is that they, did, they developed what they call special purpose vehicles. Assume they are coming to invest in that Lagos business as an example now. They will create a special, an SPV, push the money to the SPV, that one will come do the investment. When it fails, the SPV will lose the, let's say, $1 billion as an example. It will not show up in Aaron's final accounting books. Do you get my point? So that loss is wiped off from the account book. So the only thing you find is only the things that made money. When my wife and I were discussing, well, listen, I said, no, no, baby, this one is Aaron accounting. This is genuine accounting. No, we'll be discussing things like when we're, you know, when we're trying to do some things in the house. Now, no, what I'm talking about is that they did all of that for years. So people thought that this company was always growing. And they were very innovative. Aaron used to create its own market. What I mean by create its own market is that it didn't like to compete with that. Maybe like, okay, let's come now to GSM market 
and everybody is selling uh, lines and data and all of that. No. Aaron will find a way to create something else that everybody needs and they are the only ones that can offer. Let me not go into this how they used to do that. So they looked like they were very innovative. They were always moving forward. Everybody wanted to work in Aaron except that they were losing money on a daily basis. And nobody knew. Until one day, one woman who works there decided to go through the books and said, this company is a lie. And she reported to their Securities and Exchange Commission. So when she made her report to the SEC, what happened was that they now discovered that they had been lying all the while. They had been lying all the while. They had the name that they were alive, but in actual fact, they were dead. They had the name that they were alive, but they were what? Dead. I don't need to tell you. In one day, the stock market plummeted. It kept on crashing. It got to a point. Some people had worked there for years, built their retirement money inside Aaron. They call themselves millionaires. How, what are you worth? I'm worth $15 million, $20 million. They woke up one day, they were worth nothing. Because nobody wanted to pay anything. Everyone had nothing. Do you know staff were leaving the office with chair? It's a chair. They would literally carry furniture. That is, let me go home with something. Please go and read up the story of Aaron. But what I'm telling the story is that they had the name that they were alive. But in actual fact, they were what? Dead. Dead. If you're a businessman, let me drop this one for you. Remember, this is not just for people who preach. It's for everybody. Okay, I'll pause in case I forget. Remind me that I want to talk about for those who preach also. How to assess whether you are making progress as a preacher. It's not the crowd you gather. Crowd gathering is a gift of God or a temptation of Satan. It's one of the two. You can bow to Satan and gather the largest crowd in the world. You know how to bow, how to, bow to Satan. <laughs> what will bring you to church? Call Alibaba. Just know you are buying to who? To Satan. You know, there are a lot of unbelievers that are singing praise worship. Do you know that? Yeah, oh, there are a lot of unbelievers that sing praise worship. And they sell albums. Huge. Huge. You can use them to attract crowd as a pastor. I mean, imagine if, if Two-Face, or no, P-Square, they release two tracks. Jesus, now you be They sing it in the P-Square manner. You know the album we sell? You know why? All the Christians have been looking for an excuse to buy P-Square. <laughs> you finally gave them the excuse. It's, like, it's, it's unbelieving music. No, listen to this. Jesus, now you be <laughs> I know pastors were very funny. Next program we're organizing, guest minister, P-Square. <laughs> Draw the... They will come. The whole of Enugu will come. Those are the things I've said. Look, there, there are tricks you can use, all right? There, there are tricks you can use to decide... Sorry, I mean, to, to get the crowd. You can bow to Satan. That's what I mean. When you start bowing to Satan, it's when you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do for a, for a goal that you want that God has refused to grant you easily. That's how you know you are bowing to Satan. Now, I was, I was going to say something earlier. Yeah, about business people. Yeah, I want, to, I, want to something, I want to explain something. I said this is for everybody. These letters of the Lord Jesus. Please, this is important for business people. 
The way to think you are alive is to look at your turnover. Do you hear what I said? The way to what? Think. I didn't say no. You can see the way I'm saying it. The way to deceive yourself into thinking that you are alive. Many business people don't realize that, you see, let me put it like this. You have to tell yourself the truth. Many business people don't know the truth. Number one reason businesses collapse is because they break the principle of Proverbs 27 verse 23. Know the condition of your flock. That's number one reason I have seen that businesses collapse. Never start a business until you can do simple accounting. Bookkeeping. How much came in? How much went out? How much is our profit? A lot of businessmen, do you know they are owing money? Do you know why? You look at turnover at the end of the month. 25 million. Then Satan will now knock on the door. That land in GRE, can you believe it? The man is broke. He wants to sell it now. And you, you know, you've been poor all your life. Your opportunity to now finally move into the, the idol of your heart, living in GRE, owning a house in GRE. How much is it? The man is very broke. He just needs to settle. The bank wants to sell his house in Abuja. He needs to pay them 10 million now. And if anybody just give him that 10 million, he will collect the house. The, 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 the land normally is 30 million, but say he will sell it for 18. Give him 10 now, and then 8 in two installments. Now, shall I, shall I drop on that tip for you? Never do anything in a hurry. It's a principle I tell people to use. Tell the person that, let me go and pray about it. Let me go and think about it. He said, no. If you don't pay now, somebody else will pay. Say, let them pay now. Am I the only person that God wants to bless? Now, what I've told you is so a discipline of life everybody must have. Jesus said to the church inside this, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Many businesses have a name that they are alive, but they are dead. That's why I've given us an example. Many people think their business are alive, but it is dead. The man comes and they put pressure on you like that. Say to the person simply, no, I want to go home and think about it. When they say, well, opportunity comes but once. So say, that's not the gospel of the man that is blessed. You've heard that thing before? Opportunity comes but once. A opportunity lost can never be regained. Have you heard that thing before? Yes, I hope you know that's not in the Bible. Yes, I hope you know it's not the word of God. Yes, I hope you know your opportunities are labeled with your name on them. Yes, go and read happiest people on earth. I quote all the time. The Lord told one man, go and buy the Moshakaran's business. The Moshakaran said, I'm busy. I will see you when I come. The father said, look, this business is losing money. It's losing money. Somebody wants to buy it. You are busy? Yes. The work of the kingdom. That's the vow I made to the Lord. Must come first. I'm running an evangelistic campaign here. I'm the one supervising. I'm the helpsman here. I can't come. That man waited until he came. Why? It is his own. Let nobody lie to you that if you don't seize that opportunity now, it will slip through your hands and you will not see it again. How, how you know the opportunity is your own is let it slip. You know the truth? If you have experience in life, suddenly they will come back and say, okay, the man said, all right, can you do it in 24 hours? <laughs> it's always like that. It's only, look, nine times out of ten is like that. Once they look, bring the money now, 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 now. Believe me, in fact, when it comes to investing money, always think for a few days. Because the opportunity will leave you. Listen to me. If you are not prepared for it, don't go in for it. There are people that say, as soon as I heard it, I stepped in. Go and check. It's been prepared for years. That thing just came. I don't know what I get my point. Yeah. It had been prepared for a long time. So when it came, it was ready. It's the opportunity in quote that delayed. It's not the one that's in a hurry. 
A lot of people don't realize. They suddenly say, immediately you, you key in. You quickly step in. Most people step in like that. They lose. They lose. Now, that's that just by the way. Like I was saying. They tell the man, come and buy this land. He buys it. Why? He saw 25 million naira in his account at the end of the month. It's turnover. And it looks like money. Except that it is not your money. The money can belong to your business. Even if it may not be borrowed money. What do you mean by belong to your business? After all, you bought and manufactured what you are selling. True of us. The money of purchase, of manufacture, of distribution, everything, is in that 25 million naira. You first remove it first. Many times when you do that diligently, you see all that is remaining is 250,000. Don't ever make decisions in a hurry. And let me tell you something. Sometimes, now listen to this, I want to be very practical. Sometimes, it will happen that you will be slow like that. You wanted to buy a car. Somebody else will buy that car that was worth 2 million naira and will buy it for 1.3. Because you were slow. And that deal will be good, it will be clean, and the fellow will be blessed for it. Right? It will happen once in a while. I know it will not happen. You will now feel bad. You now say, Pastor, banky. Let me cure you of that regret. Let me cure you of the regret. First, we know sorry things will happen once in a while. What I want you to know is that if you're a habitual... Now, first, it's once in a while. It's less than one in ten. Let's even say it's one in ten. But once you make that in a habit, you will lose nine times out of ten. The fact that one, you lost on one, you've gained on nine, you don't remember that. That is the reality of life. Those single things that you think are single, they're actually your habits. You are not impulsive. The impulsive man won't... Let me give you an example, very practical example. If you play the lottery, one day somebody will win, true or false? Let us assume you make it a habit of not playing the lottery. Will you ever win? But do you realize that all the people that won, all the people that won, they won less than a fraction of all the people that played the reality is that what you did, was it right? Yes, it was right. He that believes does not make haste. So if one day somebody got it, like I always say, are you the only person that will be blessed in this life? Somebody else is going to be blessed. Somebody else has to be blessed too. So you lost this, somebody has gained it, so what? It's not only that biting your finger over. It's something you thank God for. Yeah, I didn't see that job interview. I was best qualified. That's why God didn't let you see it. Because if you saw it now, they would have employed you and denied the person you wanted to give the job to. Get it out of your mind. You're not the only one that will be blessed in this life. Your job has your name on it. No person will take it if it belongs to you. Please, I need to explain this to believers. You know, I wanted all of that trying to explain something that we can't afford to be impulsive. You can't afford, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I know, I know where I went with all of that. Somebody will not come and offer you something that you, can, you think. Listen, when I first came to Enugu, they were selling land in good areas, 500,000 naira, 1 million naira. You know how many of them I bought? None. Do you know why? I didn't have the money. People now say, ah, yeah, land, one day is going to be 100 million. I said, don't worry. By the time it is 100 million naira, I will buy like six and share it. Do you know why? I'm a blessed man. I'm growing faster than inflation. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Listen. It's like that with everybody. There are things, look, the children that are small today, there are things that they can't buy now that will be 50 times the price when they are old. But when they are old, they will have 1 million times the money. God will give that to you. Say amen. amen. 
That is the way of the child of God. Learn to reason like that. Don't be in a hurry to acquire things. I just live in school. They say buy land because the price of land will go up. It's been going up since I was born. Before I was born, it was growing up. It you still continue to go up. And you know the truth? People are, people are much richer now on the average than they used to be 50 years ago. That's the matter of fact. What gave you the impression that you are going to become poorer? They are just living school. People are buying land. Don't buy. That's an instruction. Don't buy. Go and buy a book. Give an offering. Buy a computer and start learning to type fast. Yes. I'm telling you, buy a nice pair of shoes and stop, stop looking like you're the, the only person suffering in this world. Go to the market. Buy a few shirts. Take some. Hand out some. Bless some people. What are you buying land for? Say the price will go up. Is your life going down? I, I, I don't know why you're getting my point. Your life is not going down. There are people li- listening to me, looking at me this evening. One day you will pay for a skyscraper. The house will have like 50 floors. Yes, I know the truth. You will not even inspect it ahead. Aww. One day I was watching Mark Cuban on TV. See one beautiful house he had in Houston. He said, I bought this place sight unseen. His agent just called him and said, Mark, you will like this house. It's the kind of thing you like. How much is it? I, I forgot maybe like $20 million or so. So he wired $20 million and didn't see the house. He paid for the house. He, had, he hadn't seen it. I forgot how many millions of dollars he paid. He just paid for the house and came down later to look at it and said, wow, this is really nice. He had paid. I don't care how much how land is going up. You are going up faster. Amen. Very important thing for us to understand. I know where I went into all of that from. So I'm trying to explain something here. So the church in Sardis, they had the reputation that they were alive. And I said, this is a message. This is a message for everybody. The church had the reputation that they were alive, but Jesus said they were dead. Many businesses, that's why I gave Aaron as an example. They have the reputation that they are alive, but they are dead. Many people don't know the condition of their flock. They look at their turnover. They think that their business is alive, but it is dead. That's why I say you must know how, if you, look, look, I'll tell one of our brothers, your dad, I say, go and see him, can let him talk to you. Know whether you are making money or you're not making money. There are many businesses that are not viable. What are they doing? The day they sit down and do the account, they realize how they've been losing money. I don't know why I just feel like talking about that today. Remember, don't let anybody put you under pressure. Back to the matter of Sardis. The Sardis church was very active. They planned a lot of programs. Are you getting my point? There were the noisemakers in town. They were the happening people. But Jesus said they are dead. We'll talk about them later. I'm looking at my time. I was saying earlier, look, one of the things, as a preacher, you want to know whether you are really alive and you are not dead. It's not about the size of the church. It's not about the number of activities. It's simply about the quality of the word that is going forth. The quality of the prayers that have been said. How do I know that? Peter said, we must not neglect the ministry of the word and prayer and give ourselves to the seven of tables. That is the real life in any congregation is the ministry of the word and prayer. It's not the number. It saddens me when I see pastors use number to decide whether they are doing well. It's sad. There are ministries that when they grew, was when I stopped listening to the man in charge. 
Many. I'm not talking about one. Why? Because I noticed that the quality of word dropped. The word became things to encourage people, excite people, make people happy. But the real substance that brings Christ out of people, it was not missing. Go and read the Bible. Look, let nobody tell you that um, you know Jesus had multitudes following him. Listen to me. Jesus did not trust the multitude one bit. No, read your Bible. The disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? He said, those ones. That's what he said. He said, those ones. He said, they didn't come to learn. He said, hearing, they will hear. But they will not understand. Seeing, they will see. They will not perceive. He said, in them, the word of Isaiah has been fulfilled. He said, their hearts are numb. Their ears are dead. These are people following Jesus up and down. One day, they gather themselves into boats. Run across the water. I said, master, you have reached here. When did you get here now? Daddy, oh, why when did you reach here? <laughs> no, Jesus, look at them. Free food. <laughs> look, many people are going to church because they want to be rich. And somebody said, that's how to make it quicker in life. So when Jesus will, listen, go and read. Look, you've heard of someone on the mount. When he saw the multitude, you know what the Bible says? He retreated up to the mountain. And then the disciples followed him. The multitude did not. The multitude did not follow Jesus when he was teaching sound word. They didn't. That was when he was giving the parable of the sower. They, ret- they came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? Say, why should I waste my time with them? Have you not heard? Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give holy things to dogs. Those people said to you it has been given. To know the mysteries of the kingdom. The disciples of Jesus were few. They were not the multitude that followed Jesus. That's why Jesus didn't care when everybody left him. And he remained only Peter and Co. He knelt onto Peter and said, Are you going to? And Peter looked. He said, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The real church members are those who are following the word of eternal life. Ah, <laughs> Kingdom over here, I had a rule. That's why you've seen we've gone outside to do programs, we've done then we'll go everywhere. Once I start teaching, in fact, once prayer starts, we don't even sell CDs. Some people say well, they just came to buy CD. Too bad. We won't sell it to you. We we're in a hurry. We said, no, program has started. We lock down our tape desk. Even though it is the word of God they want to buy you. But I say, who's going to send it to you? Somebody who's not paying attention, have you? Who will send it to you? Somebody who's not praying with us. No, ask my co-workers, we all know. We'll go out to go to Port Harcourt. We're not carried the other time, even in Enugu. We have health programs in different places. Once, if you say program is starting by five, we, we can leave the tape desk open. Five dots, when they start praying, we shut down the tape desk, cover it. Nobody attends to anybody. Until we finish teaching and we share the grace, we open it again. What's my logic? Who is going to pay attention to it? As I don't look, as a preacher, you cannot use that one. Because multitude, ooh, ooh. the bigger the church number, the higher the proportion of goods. Yes, I'm telling you. Is ministry improving? I want you to understand. Ministry is improving if the quality of the word is improving. If revelation is improving. If the kind of prayer we are doing is increasing. You know what I found out? You cannot even force... 
You see, I want to just bring out something here. When it comes to getting results in ministry, hmm? church is growing all of that. There's no method. None. Go to Ephesus. Paul preached in Ephesus for how long? Three years. He never left. He sat in one spot. No program, not going anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. He just sat in one spot. <laughs> Can you believe that? Sat one spot. One spot preaching every day. That's how God is resulted in Ephesus. The reputation that you are alive is something you must fight. What I'm going to say that while you are dead, you fight it. Externalities won't tell you whether you are succeeding. Let's end now because of time. But the other, I think we have to come back to it to help people know. It's, look, it's not... You know, there's one thing that Americans do. I was taught about it. One day, one of my friends saw our website and saw my picture. Say, your wife's picture is not there. I said, she's not the preacher. I'm the, you know, was it, I, we didn't think about it. You know, just, my picture was just there. Ah, he said, in America, it won't work. There every ministry that is part of ministry packaging. Husband and wife, you know, they sit together. Now, unfortunately, around that time, one husband and wife have been seen together. One evening, the, husband, the wife took a gun and shot the husband and killed him. You know, the, the, the thing is that they focus so much on packaging that many marriages look alive, but they're actually dead. Yeah. I've seen husband and wife playing fake play, play outside with themselves. <laughs> playing with your wife outside is good, though. I play with my wife outside. But I don't do it to impress anybody. If I'm vexing for my wife, I will not play with her outside. If she greets me, I will do, huh? <laughs> and I'll continue going. <laughs> no, I'm serious. One of us smile, that, that thing used to pay my wife. If you don't, if I'm not smiling together outside. Yes. She found that it didn't work, so the easier thing was to just to be real. So make sure we're happy at home. We are together at home. I will go outside, we'll still be looking together. I, mean, I don't know how to pretend though. In fact, she married me because I don't know how to. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> so if you see me smiling with her here, what will you do? Looking at me like that. <laughs> you are stuck with this guy forever, your whole life. <laughs> it's my message. When we are coming back again, say, Pastor, God, I'm not marrying a pastor. <laughs> no secret again. No, if you see my wife and I smiling, it's, the smile is genuine. Very genuine. Very, very, very genuine. Very genuine. But some people, they told it a matter of packaging. Repetition that they are alive. But they are dead. So now when you hear people announce divorce, you are shocked. You're shocked. Huh? I thought they were the best of friends. For where? They had the reputation that the marriage was alive. And Jesus, let me tell you another thing. Oh God, we have to close. Jesus always wants. Let me tell you something. Hate reputation. Don't care about your reputation. Be more concerned about your sincere character. Did you hear what I said? Be more concerned about what? Your sincere character. The real truth about your life. That's what just, you know what? He always wants. If you see good Christians divorce themselves, eh? they lied for a long time. Did you hear what I said? They were smiling now, so everybody thought they were a happy, happy couple, but they were not. For believers, eh, before things really become bad, God actually gives time. He corrects. He said even that woman, Jezebel, I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent. The problem is that we are not sincere. 
Pastor and his wife are quarreling. They don't talk to each other. They ruin the marriages of their other people just to give the impression that in our church, husband and wife, we are so ministry focused. We don't live together. They say, you know, it's the love of the Lord. We love God so much. We don't mind the things of this earth. Why do you mind the first place? You see, that pretense is what ruins it for us. It's a soul spirit. It's a soul spirit. It's a soul spirit. After God rejected Saul, Saul told Samuel, just walk with me. So everybody will think that we are, we are still the one in power. Just walk with me. A lot of people go to church instead of really giving their lives to Christ. They want to walk with pastor. Yeah, sure. Yes. They will never give anonymous offering. Why? Pastor must know that they are the ones giving. They have to hand the money to him. Man of God. <laughs> Look at me. Why they want to work with pastor? Listen, if you are like that, listen to me. You are doing yourself a great disservice. The day God, Jesus comes, if pastor is with, he will collect pastor. If you are there, he will collect you and burn you with unquenchable fire. The angels are good with separating. They take wheat, come here, tears, no matter how tied you are to the pastor, the angel will get scissors, dissecting scissors, will tease you out and remove you and roast you nicely. That be real with your own life. If things are not working, settle down and pray. Talk to brethren. See me and this girl, we hate each other. But we are bound together. So what do we do? Then they pray with you. Not smiling, me, 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 honey. Sugar. Anyway, as soon as they go, come on, don't touch me. Evil spirit. <laughs> it's not good. No, really, it's not good. Pretense is not good. It's not good. Really, it is not good. Solve your problems. God always gives us time. He gives us time. It's when we are more concerned like Saul about the appearance of things. That's the problem in the church in Sardis. That is when things really, really spoil. The church in Sardis had a reputation that they were alive. It was just a reputation. In reality, they were what? Dead. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads. When the word of God comes forth, it speaks to each person. I don't need to tell you what he was saying to you. You know. I'm not in your heart. You know. I'll just give you a minute. Respond to it. You know what to do. I don't even have, I don't need to tell you anything. Respond to that word. Respond to it. I want to just raise our two hands and just say, Lord, we thank you. Let's just thank you. Say, Father, we thank you. Thank you. Say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful thing in me and lead me in the everlasting way. That's what David said. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Lord, I forget reputation. I go for the thing that is real. I forget my reputation, Lord. I go for the thing that is real. Lord, fill your people with your spirit again in the name of Jesus. The power to do right. The grace to release that which is negative out of their lives and walk in the path of truth. Fill your people with that grace again, Lord, today in the name of Jesus. I declare to you that goodness will go with you in Jesus' name. Mercy will go with you in the name of Jesus. No evil will befall you. Grace to overcome is your portion. In the midst of a wicked and adulterous generation, the grace to overcome is your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. I said the grace to overcome. 
the grace to overcome sin, the grace to walk in the will of God for your life, the grace to be established in God's purpose. That is your portion today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever be the affliction that may be in your life, I declare the healed today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Divine supply is your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. The person that's been looking for a job for a while, listen, jobs have been coming. You just have not been noticing them. It happened that Hagar was crying, thinking she was dead and her son was dead. But the angels of God opened her eyes and she saw the well of water. This coming week, you will see your own well of water in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Are you getting my point? Your beginning may be small. It's your latter end that's most important. And that one will greatly increase in the name of Jesus. Let me say that again. Your latter end is what is most important. Where you are going is what is most important. That one will increase in the name of Jesus. What determines what tomorrow will be is the word of God that has gone forth. It's not what the environment looks like today. No. It's not what the environment looks like today. Your tomorrow is already secure. God, see, if you have a very big room, the door to it is small. Three of us. That destiny, that small job, maybe the door to it. Don't despise that thing. God is taking you somewhere great. Don't jump up and down. Settle yourself in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And God will increase you in due season. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, we thank you for today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can we just share the grace in fellowship? Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now bless somebody beside you, please. One person. Bless another person. One more person, please. Oh. And one for yourself. This is my signal of multiplication and dominion. All right, cherub brethren. The word